0: hey hey everybody welcome back to the keto fit weight loss coaching for women i am your coach jess i help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset how are you all doing this week it is the week between christmas and new year's and i know it's a time of year when a lot of people can just be in like total effort mode (laughs) off the rails so i'd love to know how you're doing and yeah how did you navigate Uh, Christmas, how did you navigate Christmas Eve? Do you have any big plans for New Year's? Are you planning to deviate from keto? Are you still sticking with keto? I'm thinking of all of you and I know it can be a really challenging time of year. And at the same time, I know that a lot of people are really looking forward to New Year's coming up and setting big goals and usually one of those things is to make some changes to the way that you're eating. I know a lot of people around this time of year are probably really interested in um, either starting keto, uh, brand new, maybe you've never done it before or maybe you did and you fell off or even during the holidays you had some deviations and you're ready to get back with it and stick with it and stick with it for for the long term and today i'm going to be interviewing a really special guest um she's brie hershey make sure that you are following her on instagram she is at Bri, B-R-I underscore Hershey, like the chocolate bar. And she's going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes here. But Bri is a high school teacher from Minnesota. Um, She's just like a regular person like you and me. Um, She's not like a keto coach or an influencer or anything like that. But she's got an amazing success story of losing 130 pounds on keto. And I've been following her for a while on Instagram. And I just love her whole energy and um, she's got a really great following and she's just here to serve other people along the journey with keto and try to help people however she can. So I wanted to have her on and interview her because I want you to get inspired by her story And I also want you to be able to find some resources from her story as well. So, I mean, I don't see many crazier success stories than losing 130 pounds on keto. It's very dramatic. It's very awesome. So I'm really excited to interview her on all the things. But as we're waiting for her to join, I just wanted to give you guys a couple of quick announcements that if you are interested in starting a keto diet or recommitting yourself to a keto diet and you need something free resource today. Um, I want to let you know that I have a free keto kickstart PDF that you can grab on my website today. It's the keto slash free guide. So hop on over there and join in. And Brie has just joined us. So I'm going to be pulling her up on stage. So yeah, go ahead and grab that free resource when you can. And at the end of today, I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit more information on some resources that you can get your hands on. But welcome, Bree. Hi. Mm-hmm. Hi. Thank you so much for joining. I was so excited that you were able to take some time on your Christmas vacation as a teacher and spend some time with us here today. So and I love the Christmas tree in the background. Thank you so, so much for your time. Of course, of course. So I'm um, catching you right after coming back from a cruise.
1: Yes, so I went on a cruise right before Christmas Eve, which was super fun. Um, it was kind of fun to go with my mom. It was actually a fun little story. I actually brought her because I was on a game show last year, and I won. And wow. she yeah, she was actually able to go with me and be in the studio audience. And after I'd won the game show, I wanted to kind of like spoil her and kind of say thank you for like being there and supporting me. And so I told her I wanted to take her on a cruise, and so we went wow. on a cruise. That is so fun. So you did a cruise before Christmas, and then you did another cruise after Christmas. I were did. both
0: of them with Virgin. Did you do they Virgin? Were, yeah. Uh-huh. So
1: they had um, some really good deals going on because obviously it's a new cruise ship. It's um, kind of like a whole new brand, and so yeah. because of that, they had some really good deals. So I booked the first one um, for Thanksgiving, and then when you're on the mm-hmm. ship, they had a lot of deals of like, oh, book another oh, yeah. one, in you know, to 2021, and like here's an even better deal. And I was like okay. So we were not really planning to do two, but it ended up being that way.
0: Nice. That's so cool. I know they, they always get you. If you guys are joining us live right now and you've ever been on a cruise, drop us a heart. Um, I actually just went on a cruise as well. I went on a Disney cruise and they do like a special maritime Christmas cruise. Have
1: you ever done Disney? No, it's my dream though. I used to work for Disney. So it's always, been kind of like a goal to go on a Disney cruise. Yeah. But those ones are luxury. They're expensive. So it's one yeah. of those ones I got to save for a little bit. Um, just yeah. yeah, it's not cheap, but they look amazing.
0: Yeah, well, my husband is a Disney travel agent. And so he got like a deep, deep discount. Because yeah. I think, with especially with COVID, um, not a lot of people have been cruising. And yeah. so I think um, they, they offered some really awesome discounts um, to their travel agents. But if you ever yeah. need help, you know my husband yeah. can get you some, some good rates. But yes, yeah, Disney definitely. is so much fun. And you used to be a cast member. What did you what do?
1: Um, I actually was um, doing the Disney College program. And I actually oh, got yeah. to do, I worked as like a hostess in Crystal Palace mm-hmm. in Magic Kingdom. And then I got to do some singing too, which was pretty cool.
0: Wow, that's so yeah. fun. What, was, like, what did you want to do with that? Um, nothing. <laughs> I, <Okay.
1: laughs> I just wanted to work at Disney. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher and it just was yeah. like a really random, like kind of in my college years, I just saw it pop yeah. up through an email and I was like, Hey, this sounds fun. And so I essentially just went down there for like a fun kind of long vacation yeah. to work down there and then came back home and became a teacher. So it didn't really do anything. It was just more yeah. for the fun of it. That That is really fun. Okay. Who's your favorite Disney princess? Oh, gosh, I would have to probably go with a classic of like Cinderella. But if we're talking like mm-hmm. movies, then it would be like Pocahontas or Mulan.
0: Oh, good choices. Mm-hmm. Good choices. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Elsa.
1: Like she, oh, okay. <laughs> she's the most complicated character. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, yep, I, I feel you, Elsa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Cool. Okay, well, I'm so excited. I'm already getting to know you better. Um, yeah. But <laughs> would you just take a couple of minutes and share with us a little bit more about your story of how you – discovered keto and how much it's transformed your life.
1: Yeah. So I actually, um, I kind of started with like a low carb. I had gone on, this was back in like the summer of 2015. I'd gone on a vacation. And when I got back, I saw all the pictures of myself. Cause before mm-hmm. that, Like, I was heavy my whole life, but I always just took, like, face photos because I always was like, I like my face, I like my hair. Like, so I just never did full body. I would hide behind people, Mm -hmm. which stinks now because I don't have a lot of before pictures to show just because I did hide my body a lot. And so on that vacation, I saw, like, full body photos after, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is how I look. And it just kind of was like a realization of, like, if I don't do it now, when will I, you know? And Mm -hmm. I was always putting it off. So I kind of just... Right away just kind of clicked and I was like, okay, this is it. We're done. We need to get this under control. So I started doing low carb. And actually when I was doing low carb, I noticed that the days I would have a little more fat. So like I would have BLTs almost like once a week and just like a lettuce wrap. And I would have mm-hmm. a lot of bacon, and I always noticed that the scale would drop the day after. And it took me a while to realize why that was, but I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe my body just loves bacon." Like, cool, bacon, you yeah. lose weight. Like, what? <laughs> like, is bacon awesome. is magic? Thank you, bacon. Yeah. I was just like, okay, cool. So it kind of took me a while to realize that it was actually by increasing just fat in general that that was what was happening. Because I think I was already in somewhat of a state of ketosis, just doing low carb in general. Um, it wasn't really on purpose, and so then I kind of dabbled in keto and low carb, because my body honestly stays in ketosis, even when I go up to like 50 grams of carbs a day. Um, it's mm-hmm. I don't have to do too much of a strict keto for my body. So I kind of stayed around 50 carbs when I was losing weight. And now that I'm in maintenance, I kind of stick around like 100 carbs and try and just stick to, you know, carbs I actually need versus just like adding bread to everything and things like that. Right. So I would say I'm more of like a low carb, but I love to use like, keto recipes and I'm constantly looking up like different keto things just because you know I'm always kind of doing well the more fat I add obviously the fuller I am and it helps me stay into that low carb so I don't know some people say it's like the lazy keto so maybe that's Mm. kind of what I would call it is like a lazy keto yeah how do you feel about that term I mean it's weird because it sounds like I'm lazy but I'm not I, I, I try the full full keto like really really strict and I was okay with it. I I didn't see like a me losing more weight, I felt like I was still just kind of losing the same amount as I was before. And it was honestly just really strict for my lifestyle. Like it was just really hard. And I felt like it was really restrictive and I, I just okay. didn't, I don't know, I, I tried it, but it was so hard to stay on it. And I realized when I was too restrictive for myself, I'm like an all or nothing. And I would like, all of a sudden I make one mistake and i am be like, ah, screw it. I'm going to go eat a donut. You know? So mm-hmm. I realized that having that balance was a little bit better for me personally than trying to be so strict
0: yeah yeah that makes sense and i love what you're saying because um you know my thing is like i help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset and Mm -hmm. so for some people like i think it really depends on your personality type and you are the expert on you and so often we surrender ourselves Um, And just like, no, I have to follow this exactly as these people say that I'm supposed to do it. And, you know, I have to eat clean keto. I have to do it perfectly because I don't want to do lazy keto. I don't want to do dirty keto. Like, oh, my God. You know, So like, let me just like forget about what I know about myself and just follow all the rules. Yeah. When we do that, we're not enjoying it. And then Mm -hmm. we wind up self-sabotaging, like you mentioned. So it's so important. And like, obviously, you stuck with this for quite a long time to be able Mm -hmm. to see the progress that you have. So like, that's probably one of like the secret secret sauce, right? Like you have to find a way to make it enjoyable in order for you to stick with it long term. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You'll get the keto police for sure. Like, you know, being like, Oh no, this isn't keto or don't do this. And I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm not full keto. Like I, this is what works for me. And of course, like you got to use what works for you. Like, I'm not here to say like, here is the diet plan, do it and you'll lose weight. It's like, Every diet works as long as you stay consistent with it, you know, and you got to find what works for you. Like some people do so much better with, you know, Atkins and some people do so much better with like a high carb, low fat. Like if that's what works for your lifestyle, go for it. Like, I'm not going to tell you, no, you just got to find what works. And if you can stay consistent on it, then like, awesome.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. That consistency is the name of the game. And so, yeah, you have to find what works for you. Um, There are a ton of keto police and like that's one thing that honestly just drives me crazy more than anything about being in the keto space is like Mm -hmm. how dogmatic people become about it and like it's almost like politics and religion like diet has become like like diet wars and like it's just like you're wrong and you're leading people astray and demonizing other people's ways of eating but you're so right the diet that works is oh that's so awesome Shannon saying how how proud she is of how far you've come. Um, yeah, she yeah, saw me like literally
1: like at my heaviest and has Aww. seen me at my lowest. So she's kind of seen all the way because I've been friends with her for like seven years.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Shannon is a good friend. Love you, Shannon. So <laughs> yeah, it's just so important to find what works for you and to not look at things as morally right or morally wrong or any kind of a dogmatic approach, but just find what works for you and what um, what is self-care for you. Um, you know, a lot of people have a hard time navigating the holidays. So, um, you know, like, because they think like, well, it's all or nothing, I'm either going to be on my diet or off my diet, but it's so not about that. It's like, I tell people like sometimes like eating uh, completely on plan could be self-care for you. And for some people, it might be eating some sugar this time of year could be self-care for you. And it's like, some people might be like, <gasps> No, like sugar is evil. It's horrible. It's bad. It's inflammatory, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, I have a little bit of sugar over the holidays and I'm fine. I'm not dead. My body is healthy. You know, (laughs) it's okay. Like, and if it's helping you to adhere to your goals long-term, that's what it's really all about because it's the people that stick with it that are actually going to um, get to where they want to be. So you mentioned that you had struggled with weight pretty much your whole life. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you tried before low carb that just didn't work for you, or maybe even did work for you. Um, and, and tell us a little bit about like, you mentioned your whole life, but like, when did you first start to actually feel uncomfortable with your weight? What was that? What was that journey like for you? Where did, what type of messages do you feel like you internalized regarding your weight and body image?
1: Yeah. So i Feel like i've tried everything you know um mm-hmm. tried slim fast tried they used to have it called la weight loss um mm-hmm. tried MetaFast. tried um let's see atkins the south beach diet like i mean pretty much everything practically yeah. but what i realized for me is that i would try it and it would work like i mean every diet pretty much worked on me but it would work for about a month and then i'd start to get kind of bored or like life would come in i felt like my i just was never fully fully invested and like i think all of those could have worked but i just never growing up i just never was like oh yeah like if i'm with friends i'm not gonna eat the rice krispie bar that they're eating like i would always still do that so i felt like it was just constant yo-yo like i can never stay consistent on anything and so i probably noticed that like I would say it was honestly middle school was kind of when I started to notice, like, I didn't look the way that everybody else did. And that was honestly when I went on like my first diet, which is like so young, but I was surrounded by it. Like all my friends were thinner. So like, how could I, you know, look like them and be active like them and that kind of thing. So I was always kind of, I felt like on diets growing up, like on and off and on and off and on and off. And my parents were so wonderful that they would like buy me anything I needed. You know, you want to try this one? Okay. We'll invest in this, but, I don't know i just felt like i was never fully invested until i was an adult and i think i was 24 or 25 when i finally did the low carb thing and i i mean it really was like something snapped like i felt like Mm -hmm. i finally just was like okay this is my lowest point like if i keep Mm -hmm. going like this i'll never get it back so like i'm already heavier than i ever wanted to be so if i don't stop now like then what and like Mm -hmm. i felt like i was always like waiting for my life to start And I always just kind of kept pushing it back. And, you know, I didn't always jump on every opportunity because I felt like my weight would hold me back. So finally it was like, you know, I'm almost 25, or I think I might have been 25. It was like finally, you know, time to do something. And so, you know, you really kind of have to hit that rock bottom, I feel, if you're trying to lose that amount of weight. Now, some people might only need to lose 20, 30 pounds, and they can do it in a couple months. But I know for me, I was like, I got to lose 100 pounds. So, like, for me to do this, this is going to take – a while and it did it took over a year it was like 15 months i think and then i still went up and down a little bit like within maintenance you know i always allowed myself to go up about like 15 to 20 pounds sometimes i wouldn't Mm -hmm. go up that high but i always kind of especially during like the holidays like i wanted to be able to have fun with friends and family Mm -hmm. and not be able to like deprive myself too much. So I would let myself kind of indulge. And then when January hit, I would get back kind of on my keto low carb, and then I'd swing down and then the holidays would come. And so I kind of did that for the last couple years. And I never really let myself go too much more than 20 pounds. That was always kind of my like anchor of like, Mm -hmm. I felt like if I hit that, I'd be like, okay, it's okay. Like I can lose 20 pounds. That's okay. But I always felt if I let it go too far, like 30 or 40, that's when I would probably be like, oh, now it's too hard. And oh, it just seems so far away. And so I kind of know myself. And then I yeah. couldn't let that goal get too far. But I could let it yeah. get a little bit just to indulge a little. But yeah, so I mean, yeah. it was kind of a my whole life kind of going up and down and trying everything. And, you mm-hmm. know, I it just happened to be that low carb seemed to work when I hit that breaking point. And it was really mm-hmm. just how I realized that it worked for me was actually tracking my macros.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: did I downloaded my fitness pal, you know, the app. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just started tracking everything I ate, whether it was like carbs or not. And then I started to kind of realize like, okay, I feel better and I'm doing better the lower my carbs are. And so it was actually just kind of this whole, like me realizing it. I I didn't really have like a guide or anything to really like push me. I just kind of felt, what did my body feel good with? What was I seeing results with? And that's kind of where I landed was low carb.
0: Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So how much have you gotten into kind of like the nerdy nerdy stuff of like the science of low carb? Did you ever like delve into that? Or are you just like, nope, just works for me. I don't really care how it works. Like t- tell me more about your personality and, and how that journey has been for you.
1: Yeah. So I definitely have done the nerdy side for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Being a teacher, like I'm all about, like, I need to know all information, all sides. I want to see the yeah. good. I want to see the bad. I want to hear both sides of the argument. And that helps yeah. too. Cause like I have come across people in my own life that are like, no, I don't know if you should do that. Like keto's bad. Like I've heard bad things. I'm kind of like, well, like no offense, but like I'm doing great on it. And like the science mm-hmm. I've read has been good. And I do still have naysayers nowadays. Like even after I've kept off the weight for five years, yeah. I still have yeah. people that will come and be like, I don't know if that's healthy. And I'm just kind of like, okay, well, no offense, but like I, I'm kind of a living breathing person that is it's working for so like you know it's hard for me i just listen to them and i'm like that's fine if it doesn't work for you that's totally fine but it does work for me so you know i did get into kind of the science of it and like i what really helped me was understanding that if i am hungry on a low carb the adding fat really really like is beneficial because, you know, we're so used to growing up and thinking fat is like, don't, everything needs to be low fat. Don't have fat. fats bad, blah, blah, blah. And so it did take me a while to really understand and really read and understand how our body can thrive off fat. And, you know, it's actually can be good, you know, like healthy fats and it helps me to stay full. So you know, I do feel like I need to be on somewhat of a calorie deficit when I'm losing weight and adding that fat in helps like it keeps me full. I mean, that's literally what it does. And so, you know, adding extra fats in my diet seemed weird at first, and it kind of threw Mm -hmm. me. But now I understand kind of why and you know, those days, I don't have to eat as much or I can, you know, do intermittent fasting longer, or whatever it may be. So it definitely the science was interesting. And I still read about it. And I still learn more and more because obviously, the science is getting better and better you know than even five years ago when i looked into it and you know yeah. i even have some of my doctors like who used to kind of not be for it like i was talking to one the other day and he's like oh yeah like me and my family are actually going to try that and i was like wow because five years ago you told yeah. me that that was bad so okay yeah. like glad to see that it's starting to turn and people are starting to accept it more and it's no longer this like crazy faux pas
0: yeah yeah totally it, it is really good to see the public opinion changing i started eating keto in november of 2013 so just maybe like a year or so before you. And you know, at that time, I feel like more it was probably more like 2014, it started becoming um, more acceptable, but like, Mm -hmm. just literally probably in the past two to three years, it had like exploded, I'm pretty sure like 2018, it was like keto was the number one diet of the year or whatever, like everybody at that point started hearing about it, and it become became more mainstream. Um, So you were mentioning earlier that like, you kind of have like this uh, zone of where you feel comfortable with your weight and you're, you kind of like will range between like 15 to 20 pounds. Um, and then once you reach 20 pounds, you know, like, okay, this is my cutoff. And then, you know, I'm gonna get back. Uh, now it's time to like go back into weight loss mode. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that, I, I like that you're pointing that out, because I think that a lot of people have this idea about maintenance that is just like, once I see that number on the scale, I'm just gonna be that number forever and my life will be perfect, like, (laughs) you know? I wish. So yeah, and like, that's just not the reality. And like, so it it can feel a little bit maybe like discouraging probably for some people because like, I I think some people tend to have the idea of like, well, I'm just gonna have to work forever and ever and ever at Mm -hmm. weight, right? And like, in a way, that's kind of true, like, maintaining your weight is actually the art of gaining and losing weight for the rest of your life, like yep. within a zone that you feel comfortable with. So you've identified 20 pounds, you know, for some people, it might be 10 pounds. For some people, it might be five pounds. Um, hopefully no less than that, because we don't want to be too crazy with ourselves. Right. But basically, yeah. like, once you see the upper limit of where you feel comfortable with, then you would then have the tools and the skills to go right back to what you know, mm-hmm. is working for you, right? Exactly. So, Tell us a little bit about like, maybe for some people though, who like, are like, I don't want to just lose weight for the rest of my life. Why should I even care? Like, I'm just going to like live my life or whatever. Like, what would you say to people who might be like feeling discouraged by that idea of like, oh man, I might gain 20 pounds again and I'm going to have to work to lose it again. Like, what would, what would you say to that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it definitely depends. I mean, you got to find the number that works for you. 20 always kind of worked for me. I mean, maybe eventually I can get it down to like 10, but I also, I love to travel. And like, I just went on two cruises in the last month Mm -hmm. and like, Although I was able to eat very healthy on the cruises, I still had dessert with every meal. Like I was going Mm -hmm. to, I wanted to try every single thing. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to try those things and not be like, oh, I'm on a diet on a cruise. Like that just doesn't Mm -hmm. work. So, you know, I think it's, it's important to know that you got to live your life and you'll be able to live your life. Like, I I do feel like there is somewhat of an end point when you're losing weight. Like I had that goal of like, okay, I made that goal. But then I feel like once you hit that end point, you really want to just all of a sudden now eat crap again and feel like crap again. No, like you want to be able to indulge a little, but you also want to keep that weight. And I think for me, it was just always that kind of like, you know, that 80-20 method of 80% of the time I want to eat healthy. And then, you know, if I want to have something extra on the weekends or whatever... I can. Like I'm not going to say no to myself, but I also yeah. know that within range like I shouldn't just be going on like a binge or something or eating crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you are kind of on this up and down the rest of your life, but it's only a few pounds and yeah. I don't have to keep rebuying new clothes all the time. That's yeah. been huge. Like, you know, I don't I don't have like my fat jeans anymore or my skinny jeans. It's like I only have those skinny jeans and they fit me with that 10 pounds I fluctuate. So, yeah. you know, save money there, but yeah. um it is kind of that constant learning and you know even five years later i'm still learning new ideas and tips and tricks and you know it's just a lifelong learner and it's something that you know i'll still have to battle probably you know the rest of my life just because like you know obesity is hard and it's something that i grew up with so you know i'm have more of a tendency to eat bad and you know it's hard in today's day there's so many amazing foods out there so you know, it's trying to really pick the right things, but also make them taste good. So I don't feel like I'm, you know, depriving myself. So you know, Mm it is it is a battle the rest of your life it is. But you know, it's kind of like that saying people say, choose your hard. you know, being bigger is hard being thin is hard there, there is no easy way, just out in general. So choose your hard, And for me, I'd rather you know, choose the heart of living a healthy lifestyle and being able to kind of keep the weight that I want and I feel content at. And, you know, it's always gonna be worth it. Yeah, it's hard, but it's always worth it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. So it's interesting because, um, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but like, I tend to think of weight loss as like a skill that you can gain. Like, and once you gain the skill of losing weight, like, you found what works for you. Mm -hmm. And now it's like a tool and a skill that you have. And so whether you gain weight, or whether you lose weight, you will never lose that skill. You've now gained that forever for the rest of your life. And nobody can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to a point where you're just like, Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to, you know, I've reached my upper limit, like, boom, you just pull out your skill that you have now acquired over the last, you know, what has it been six years, five years, Mm -hmm. like, you've got a great, skill set at losing weight. And so that's so beautiful that nobody can take that away from you, first of all. But like, if you had to describe for you what the skill of weight loss is, like, whether it's strategies, or whether it's even just like mindset shifts that you've had to make, how would you
1: describe that skill to other people? Definitely mindset. I mean, the biggest thing is the mental for sure with weight loss it's honestly like conquering the mental and i feel like it's that for i mean most challenges or goals you set forth for yourself it's always mental you know physical stuff it can be tough you can be draining but i mean if you ask a runner they'll always say the hardest thing is the mental like pushing past things and i feel like weight loss is the same thing and um so if you can push past that that's the biggest thing And I also think it is setting up with strategies. So like for me, you know, this week is actually the week that I'm getting back to my normal eating. So I've decided that like, I know I could wait until after the new year, but I decided I'm like, eh, I'm kind of creeping up on that like 15, 20 pound mark. So instead of just like waiting a week, let's just do it this week. Cause I don't really have any plans this weekend that are going to like push me back from like eating healthy. So like, I don't need to just like, make up an excuse in my mind like i it's time you know so i essentially like yesterday i got rid of as much crap in my house as i could bad foods i packed it up mm-hmm. like i can give it to family or friends that might want it but i essentially did all my grocery shopping making sure i have healthy options so that i'm set up for success this week That's the biggest thing for me, because I am a snacker. And so I know myself, if I go open up that pantry and there's a lot of snacks, yep, I'm eating Cheetos, I'm eating chocolate, Mm -hmm. like all that. So I just got rid of all that. So now when I open it up, it's like literally only like keto snacks, you know, like Mm -hmm. keto crackers. If I really need to snack, I can do that. Or maybe it's time for me to eat some protein. You know, maybe I need like actually lunch or something. So for me, it's really just making sure there's nothing in my house because I know myself, I'm pretty lazy, I'm not going to go drive to like a drive in, you know, McDonald's across the street. I know that like, if I have it in the house, I'll grab it. But if I don't, I'm good. So that's kind of a strategy I know for myself is get rid of all the bad foods, because then I know that the times that I get kind of lazy, and I want to grab something that's not there. And then also tracking, you know, even though, I'm pretty, pretty good on tracking just in my brain from all these years. When I first start back on eating healthy, I track again and I track every single thing, just even if it's only for a week or two, but it kind of just gets me back into the groove of like, oh yeah, like I should probably add this. Cause you know, it's been a couple months since I've tracked. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are the strategies that work for me, get the crap out of my house and track things mm-hmm. again. And just kind of, you know, mentally be all in, like, I'm not going to eat bad foods and like I'm gonna go hang out with my boyfriend and his family later. And you know, if they want to continue to eat bad stuff because it's the holidays, like of course, go for it. They can. I just know I'm gonna set myself up for success. I'll bring whatever I need, you know, and try to make healthy options there. Like I'm not gonna make that excuse of just because I'm around people, because I definitely can be a social eater. So I'm trying very hard not to do that and to try and you know stick with what, you know, I've set forth of my goal of to lose those 15 pounds and you know, get back into it. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely like make setting up your environment for success is such an important strategy and that might look different for different people, but yeah, totally like, If it's in front of your face, like you're going to be thinking about it, right? Like if it wasn't there, you might not think about it at all. But if it's just sitting in your house, like cookies on the counter, every time you walk past it, you have to fight the urge to like, you know, mentally talk, talk yourself off that ledge. It's just so much easier to have it out of your house. So what about for people who maybe like live with others? who eat differently, who, who do want to have the Titos in the house or whatever, like, what kind of advice would you give? I'm sure there's like a wide array of people listening in right now, moms, you know, families, Mm -hmm. you know, yada, yada. Like, how do you think that people could design their environment for success if they maybe can't get all the crap out of their house?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, when I first lost weight, I was living with my parents. So, Mm -hmm. and I lived with them, I think, through the entire Um, portion 15 months where I lost weight, to be honest, I I think I might have lived on my own for a couple months of that. But I was around them and they were not on a diet. And I was not going to tell them that they had to change their lives because they had made that same choice as me. And that's fine. They didn't need to that wasn't on them to do the same thing. So we essentially kind of came up with a system of like, there was above the microwave was kind of like the naughty area, I would say where (laughs) that is where the stuff that I would stay kind of away from. And so I had to like make that decision with myself of that I was not gonna go up there. And it was that mental decision of just not gonna open it. I don't need to know what's up there. And they were very respectful too when I first started. Like they would try not to eat those in front of me finally I told them like, it's okay. Like I, I, it's good for my mental, like to see you eat a bowl of Cheetos and I'm not going to have it because I'm so happy with where I'm at that I'm not going to ruin it. But it did take me a while to get there. And they were trying to be really like respectful of like they eat it in the other room. But then I was like, I don't want you to be a closet eater. Like I'm not trying to make you into something, you know, worse. Like it's okay. Like, you know, and so I essentially just tried to stay away from those areas and try to kind of, you know, fill my body with, you know, a lot of protein and a lot of fat so that I would be really full. So that when I'd see them eat something like that, I was honestly not hungry. Like I, I honestly yeah. was just like, no, I'm actually really full from dinner. So this is a great time for you yeah. to eat that piece of pie. Cause I couldn't even eat it if I wanted. And so, yeah. you know, it, it was being around people and it was that mental and just trying to make sure that they kept everything into one area. And that, that worked for me just kind of staying out yeah. of that area. Obviously living alone is much easier now. Um, but I definitely didn't Live alone when i lost the weight
0: yeah yeah that's such a good strategy um and a lot of my clients you know do live with other people as well so mm-hmm. that's a really good strategy that you use as, as long as like if you could get it behind closed doors so that you're not seeing it then that's helpful and a lot of my clients too like if they have a pantry or um, like the, the refrigerator, they'll just move all of the stuff that they want to focus on eating to like the front and center yeah. of their attention. So it'll be like the shelf that's at eye level or whatever. Um, so as much as you can get it out of sight and put the stuff in front of you that you want to. You also used another good strategy that I would call the crowding out method, which is that um, you basically ate to satiety of protein and fat so that you basically crowded out the desire for eating something that you didn't want to eat and so that's another really fantastic strategy a lot of times people um you know they think that to lose weight that you have to restrict yourself so much right Mm -hmm. but like honestly the biggest the best strategy for weight loss is appetite suppression and so Mm -hmm. like if you're filling yourself up with protein, and as you mentioned, like fat was like a huge game changer for you. Like if your appetite is suppressed, then you're not going to want to eat. But because we restrict ourselves so much, um, that's when we wind up, you know, just binging and eating a bunch of stuff that it's not filling you up whatsoever. Yep. Yeah, that's great. So kind of like this whole topic of um, mindset, because I asked you like, you know, the skill of weight loss, like, and you were like, yeah, totally mindset. Like, Mm -hmm. what are some of the limiting beliefs that you used to hold about yourself surrounding like weight and weight loss um, that you believed about yourself that you think really held you back? Um, And then how did you move through
1: those limiting beliefs? Yeah, I mean, the biggest one I can think of was I had to be perfect. So mm. if I, you know, I would get through my whole day eating super well, doing well, I would work out. I mean, I was in lots of sports growing up. And then all of a sudden at night, I was such a nighttime snacker. It could be like yeah. 10 o'clock at night and I'd have a bowl of Cheetos. And then to me, it was like, okay, my whole day is ruined. So I might as well go eat this and this and this and who cares, you know, like, and then I'll start tomorrow. Like it was always yeah. that all or nothing throughout the day. And it was always that I roomed it usually towards the end of the day, which was kind of the worst part. Um, or else even when I started drinking coffee, I'd drink like a fancy drink in the morning. And then I was like, well, I already drink a bunch of sugar. So like, who cares? Like, I'll just keep eating crap then. Like, you know, this is yeah. the day I should, you know, order Jimmy John's and I should do this, whatever. So it really took me a while. And actually it was when I started tracking my macros and tracking on the app, Um, when I, one time I remember like specifically, I think it was that I had had a donut, which sounds so random, but I had had a donut somewhere and I actually decided I'm going to put it in my tracker. Like, I don't even know what a donut is. I literally put it in and it was only like 11, um, grams of carbs and sugar. And it was like 160 calories. And it kind of like hit me like, wait, like I'm actually still within my stuff for the day. Like, hold up. Like, I don't need to just throw it all away. Like maybe if I do screw up, I just keep going and I just keep that in count. And that was honestly kind of like the changing moment for me too, that it's not this all or nothing. So, you know, if I am going to eat something bad, which I try not to, I honestly put it into my macros and see like, okay, yeah, like now I just need to keep that in mind for later. And like, I don't want to do this every day, but if it happens that way, like, I'm not just going to say screw it and eat bad. Like that was a huge thing. It's not all or nothing. You can honestly eat donuts. If you really want it on keto, just fit it into stuff. Like, I mean, not saying you should, but if that was really something that like you were about to throw it all away for, it's like, no, like just track it in your stuff and then, you know, move on next day, try and do better. But like, you don't have to just give up.
0: Yes, that's so good. And that's something that I see with my clients all the time is like this perfectionism, this all or nothing. And then as soon as you um, made one deviation from your original plan, you're like, well, the whole day's crap, might as well Mm -hmm. just... And now I want to make the most of it, like make it horrible, you know, compared to what it was before. So I love that you're saying like, just log it. And this is something that I tell my clients as well, because a lot of times, like if they do have a deviation, they don't want to log it. And then they'll Mm -hmm. just like go a whole, their log
1: will just be empty that day. And I'm like, totally, "Mm," you know, like, totally. I 100% done that. It's like, I don't want to admit it. If I log it, I'm admitting I did it. And it's like, finally, now I'm kind of at the point of like, it's okay. Like it, it, this is a journey. Like it really is. Yep. It's hard to accept that when you're starting to lose weight, that it really is a journey and you're not going to be perfect. And like, you yeah. know, I still look at that. Like I'm not going to be perfect on I'm going to do the best I can. And yeah. So it takes me a couple extra weeks to lose the weight. Who cares? It was still, I'm still going to get there. If I all of a yeah. sudden stop right now, I will not get there. So just keep yeah. going.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's what, One of the beautiful things about logging as well is that it just is, it's no longer hiding. Mm -hmm. And and that's, that's something that we do is we hide and we just go into a shame spiral. Right. But as soon as you come face to face with it, then now at least you're looking at reality. And then you can try to wrap your arms around yourself and say, it's okay, I still love and accept myself. This is not that big of a deal, it's just food, it's just data, Mm -hmm. pick up right from here. Like, and I always tell my clients too, like it takes 72 hours to get into ketosis you could start right now at this hour and be back in ketosis. Mm -hmm. And some people get in much faster. It depends upon how long you've been doing this or whatever, but let's just say like, you don't have to wait until tomorrow morning to start the 72 hour countdown. You could start after you just had that donut at 8am and and still start. And like, also, I, I love that you mentioned before, like, you weren't even, um, you know, at a certain point, you were trying to actually be strategic and be in because and eat like 50 grams mm-hmm. of carbs per day. Most of my clients, I start them around 50 grams of carbs per day. But just remember, a low carb diet actually is anything around 130 grams or less per day. Mm-hmm. So just because let's just say that you did eat something that was, you know, a deviation from your plan, you can still have a low carb day, you don't mm-hmm. have to have a high carb day, you don't have to have a 400 carb day just because yeah. you ate 55 carbs today. Right. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> It's such a funny thought error that we have, mm-hmm. but like, we all do it, right? Yeah. We all get into that, like, oh, I have to be perfect, but it's so not true. You can make progress. It's like progress over perfection, the little yep. thing that they say, you know, like, yep. yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Can you think of any other kind of like thought errors or like silly things that like, you're like, it's so crazy that I used to believe this, but like mm-hmm. I did and
1: this is how I overcame it. I think also, too, I just always thought that, like, there must be one perfect diet and the rest just didn't work. And it took me a while to really realize that almost any diet works if you really just stick with it. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I would say is, you know, if you find one that you enjoy, that's, I mean, that's half the battle right there. And then just keep going. Like, don't give up. And it's okay if it takes longer. Like, I mean, who are you trying to beat? Like, I wasn't trying to beat anyone and lose weight. I was really just trying to be competitive with myself to do it. Because I really wanted to prove to myself that I could achieve this goal. But, you know, anything you do, just keep going. Like, it's there isn't... I don't know. I feel like we're always kind of like, what's the best? The newest? What? Oh, this one must work better than all the other ones. And I'm like, I don't think so. I just think that when you find one that you like and you enjoy stick with it like just stick with it that's the main thing every diet can work it just you got to find the one that you actually like because it is a lifestyle it is something that you should hopefully keep forever and You know, I probably will be on like somewhat of a low carb lifestyle the rest of my life. And it doesn't mean that I'll never eat pasta again, but I'm not going to eat pasta every day. I don't need to eat pasta every day. I don't think that's healthy for anyone. So it's just kind of finding like what kind of rotation works, what kind of cycle works for me, and then whatever works for you. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So um, I agree. I think that whatever diet you stick with, like in the long run, is the one that's going to be best for you. But there are different pros and cons and benefits of rewards to different types of things. So for Mm -hmm. example, somebody who's eating high carb and low fat, they're going to be able to eat very different foods than somebody who's um, low carb and high fat. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you want bacon to be on the table, you should probably consider eating high fat and low carb and think Mm -hmm. about like, whoa, you get to eat all of the meat that you want and including the fat like chicken wings, bacon, you yeah. know, avocado, like um, nuts, seeds, like nut butters, all of these things like heavy cream. Like, yeah, if that's your jam, but then like, yeah, you're going to not going to be eating pasta. You're not going to be eating rice. You're not going to be eating granola. You're not going to be eating bananas, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever it is, like it's always a trade off. So um I think that basically the, the only diet, in my opinion, the only diet that is definitely not going to work for you. Well, we call it a, it would be considered a diet in the sense that it's a way of eating Mm -hmm. is if you're eating high carb and high fat at the same time
1: which is essentially
0: the standard american diet um but when we say diet we usually mean we're usually referring to like an intentionally healthy diet right (laughs) so no but i don't think anybody is like out there saying like yeah i'm gonna eat a standard american diet (laughs) that's gonna be my strategy um some people probably maybe just counting calories but it is kind of important um i would say generally prioritize protein. Everybody Mm -hmm. should be getting enough protein. You need those amino acids. And then you can actually kind of choose like, am I going to eat, get my protein in and then eat high carb and low fat? A lot of people do this and they find great Mm -hmm. success on it. Or am I going to eat high fat and low carb for me and probably for you as well? Um, the benefit and somebody asked this question, um, a couple back, like aside from the weight loss, what has been the benefits for you of eating low carb as opposed to other diets? And I would say for me, And it sounds like for you too, it was the satiety, meaning like you feel full, you feel satisfied and it gave me food freedom. Like I stopped obsessing over food. Like when I was eating high carb, I would eat dinner, like a plate of pasta with basically like no protein and no fat. And then an hour later, I would want to eat pretzels and then ice cream and then chips and then like so sweet, salty, sweet, salty. And I would do that the whole night and then I would be bloated and distended and I would say, um... I'm going to do better tomorrow and then I would probably starve myself the whole day and then do the same thing again at dinnertime. And that was my life prior to low carb. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to toss this question out to you. Um, what have been some of the benefits apart from the weight loss, what have been the benefits for you in like non-scale victories of, mm-hmm. of using low carb as opposed to the other previous diets that you had tried?
1: Yeah, I would agree. It's definitely the not being hungry constantly. Um, I'm definitely someone that, like I feel like loves to snack. That was always my biggest thing is like, I would honestly, I don't even care about real meals. Like I would love to just snack every two hours. Like that would have yeah. been ideal. And so kind of finding, you know, having more fat in my diet and actually being full longer, made me not want to snack. And it made me actually be able to kind of wait and actually have like, one big meal and then all of a sudden i'd be full for like four or five hours and that kind of was like new to me where i was like oh i actually don't really want to eat right now like i'm not really hungry and i kind of would forget to eat almost which Mm -hmm. was a totally new thing of like just honestly like oh my gosh it's been five hours i probably should eat like i i haven't had Mm -hmm. anything and you know it kind of was just this like oh okay and then once i started i would really stopped craving sugars I stopped craving carbs and I really just kind of learned really like fun ways to kind of like, you know, use palmini noodles instead of regular Mm -hmm. noodles or like I would do everything in lettuce wraps and I started to just kind of find new ways and then I would get kind of excited the more I would find and, you know, I was always full. I mean, that's definitely one of the biggest thing is, you know, when you're on any kind of calorie deficit diet, usually you're hungry all the time. Like I've been there, like on so many diets, I'm hungry all the time. And it was always this mental, like, I'm hungry, but I can't eat anymore. Versus, like, this one, it's, like, if that's the case, I really could make, like, a fat bomb, which I don't do very often, but I have before where I'll have one, and then I'm completely full. And, like, I was able to stay full longer by just adding a little more fat to my diet. And Mm -hmm. I never had to go too crazy on the fat, like some people do on keto. I didn't need it. But I was able to do enough where I am full, and I'm able to, Mm -hmm. you know, stay kind of, consistent which is you know a blessing for sure
0: yeah totally um, that was one of the biggest changes for me is that if i was hungry i could eat more of something that just didn't have carbs like yeah. and so a lot of times my clients would be like i hit my carb limit for the day but i'm still hungry what should i eat and like eat protein go grab some pepperoni and cheese make some scrambled eggs yeah. you can make that in 3 minutes and like but i remember the pain of like calorie counting and like blowing through my calories by noon mm-hmm. and then thinking crap i'm either going to just not eat from now until tomorrow yes. which when you're eating high carb oh, that's miserable you know like it's not like you have any satiety, and you just have to willpower and be miserable the whole rest of the day exactly. to feel like you're succeeding mm-hmm. or i'm just gonna go into like effort mode right and of course mm-hmm. i would always choose that and just like yeah. feel like a failure and be in a shame spiral the whole rest of the day um because when you're counting calories well okay you hit your calorie limit for the day it's time to stop eating now but when you're just paying attention to your carbs and, you know, feeling full, like you can always eat something. That was the most beautiful thing to me. I was like, seriously, I can still eat like, okay, wonderful. I'm going to go yeah. like have a steak. Like, right. great. Okay. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So um, to answer Ty's question from a couple back, like, I don't know about for you, but I'll share, I'll share for me. And then maybe it'll like spur some for you. But like my skin completely cleared up. I used to get like acne at least every month, especially around my period. Um, so my skin cleared up. Um, I used to have painful PMS uh, before my period all the time. I don't have any PMS. I don't get cramps guys. My, my wow. breasts aren't sore, like nothing. Like it's yeah. almost just like, I mean, I know when it's coming usually like mentally and because I track it and everything, but like, I'm not uncomfortable as a mm-hmm. result of it. Um, which is incredible for me. I used to be like on the Midol. migraines. I used to get migraines all the time. They completely disappeared. Like I used to like basically have Excedrin, you know, probably several times a week and like wake, wake up with migraines. It was all hormonal and like keto just totally balanced out my hormones. Um, My digestion completely cleared up. I used to be bloated after every single meal and I thought it was because I ate too much. I didn't eat too much. It was just like gluten, right? Like I was probably just so sensitive to gluten and I didn't realize it because, you know, nobody diagnosed me with anything and I probably, I don't think I had like celiac or whatever, but it's a spectrum guys. Like a lot of us are just sensitive to carbs and gluten and things like that. So yeah, those are just some for me. What about for you? Can Have you thought of anything else?
1: Yeah, I would say the inflammation for sure. Like okay. I would get super bloated and my stomach would hurt all the time. Like even as a little kid, I remember like when I was in kindergarten, I used to have to go sit in the nurse's office all the time. And I, again, don't really have a lot of like food allergies or anything, but I do think it might be a gluten thing because my mom is sensitive to gluten and I think my brother is as well. So I probably have some, but I can definitely tell when I eat carbs, I don't feel good. Like I've always been that way. I feel very lethargic. I feel very like, oh, Like it doesn't even matter if I eat a ton or just a little, I don't feel good, so I've definitely felt better also to my hair, like I have pretty long hair, obviously like it's you mm-hmm. know pretty low, it's almost to my lower back, but I've always wow. had long hair, but I definitely feel like the last couple of years it's been healthier it's shinier, it's growing like quicker like i I've always wanted to grow it to my lower back, but it always kind of stopped at a certain length. And I feel like the last like two years, especially it's actually growing. And I'm like, Oh, dang, like, okay, this is amazing. And, you know, even my mom the other day was like, your hair is growing so long. Like, are you taking new vitamins? And I'm like, no, I think I've just been really trying to like, you know, eat healthier. I mean, I have been for five years, but I've been extremely, um, especially over the summer, I was very, very um, like consistent with it because I really Mm -hmm. wanted to hit like my final goal weight, because I was always kind of would get close, but I never actually fully hit it. So this summer, I kind of made like the okay, I'm going to be extremely healthy and like stick to it. Like I'm not gonna make excuses. And I feel like then my hair actually got better, which is funny, Mm because I've talked to some people who, you know, are doing like a calorie deficit or doing other diets. And they're like, my hair is starting to fall out. Am I not eating enough? And I'm like, You're not eating enough protein. Like, oh my gosh. That's what it is. Yeah. Hair should not be falling out. It should be getting like stronger and thicker. Like that's what it did for me. So, but I also like, I focus on protein. Like it's like, number one is like, what am I eating for protein? And then I always try and add Mm -hmm. a veggie with it. And then mm-hmm. add in a little bit of like oils or things to go with it. But like number one has always been protein. Like I'd rather eat yeah. too much protein. And I, sometimes exactly. I probably do. But honestly, that's like the number one focus. It's almost mm-hmm. like I was talking to someone that was like, I think you're doing a carnivore diet. And I was like, okay. Like, is the, I don't think it's that much <laughs> different than keto. Like yeah. I, it doesn't matter to me. I just know I put like protein first. And then yeah. I kind of go down from there. Yes, yeah, totally. And for anybody that's like tuning
0: in, like, most women are not eating enough protein Mm -hmm. and so like if your hair is falling out you're not getting enough protein your hair and your nails are made out of protein Mm -hmm. Um, and collagen is such a fantastic um, supplement too if you want to like add collagen protein powder to smoothies things like that that's going to really improve your hair and your nails and your skin Um, and also your joints like if you're having any kind of pain or things like that like it reduces inflammation so I would say that most of the women that I start working with are probably eating between like 40 and 60 grams of protein, if that per day. And like, guys, depending upon your height and weight, like the minimum recommended dietary, um, whatever is like, probably at least 60 to 80 for most Mm -hmm. women who are of average height, right? And so we're not even getting enough protein to meet your daily minimum requirements. This is like the requirement to avoid disease in your body. That's like the lower threshold. Like, so I would say, however tall you are, this is for people in, in the United States, but however tall you are, if you're five feet tall, hundred grams of protein. And then for every inch above that, add another five grams of protein. So I'm five, seven, like I shoot for like 135 grams of protein. And like some people would think that that's totally crazy, but. You know, at least for me, like, I'm like, not going below 120. That's just what tends to work for me. So protein is queen, you guys, like, if we could convince you of protein, like, please, it's going to help you feel full, which is the name of the game with weight loss. It's zero carb like, I mean, you mm-hmm. can eat as much as you want of protein. And also you burn calories consuming protein. I don't know if you if you're familiar with this, Brie. I know you've like nerded out somewhat, but like, there's something called the thermic effect of food. And so your body actually burns about 25% of the calories that you're consuming from protein just to break down that protein. And that's mm-hmm. why it keeps you fuller longer as well. Like Brie saying, like she used to be hungry, like every two hours, you go like four or five hours, without eating, it's because your body's still breaking down the food, like carbs, it's just like instantly your body breaks that down. It's the simplest form of energy for your body. But protein is the most complex. So you're burning calories doing it. And it's keeping your body busy and full while you're waiting for that protein to digest. So like, Oh, my gosh, eat more, eat more animal protein, unless, of course, you are avoiding animal protein, in which case, eat more plant protein. (laughs) And I'm gonna have a guest on in a couple of weeks, who's gonna um, share more with us about that as well. But like, yeah just just get enough protein that's probably the number one thing that i i see people um afraid of um mm-hmm. so you mentioned like maybe i did get too much protein share with us what you mean about that i'm sure you've heard it in the keto space like oh if you get too much protein
1: yeah i mean i've heard that before people are like you must be eating too much protein and then it turns to what do they say is it turned to like um it turns to sugar it's yeah glucose. it turns to sugar and oh, i'm like oh my gosh like To me, at least from the research I've seen, it's like, that's people who are eating like 200 carbs or not carbs, sorry, 200 grams of protein or like really massive, massive amounts. I'm like, okay, I'm not only eating protein. Like there's no way I'm getting to be that much. Like I focus Mm -hmm. on about a hundred grams of protein and then a day. So I guess I could go up a little bit more because I'm five, six. So I probably should be closer to like 120, 130, but, um, I stick to over 100 grams and like it works for me, it keeps me full and like you know, I I guess I've never noticed it converting to sugar. And if it is, I guess my body must be burning through it. So like, to me, I was always just kind of like, well, okay, you know, to each their own, like, I do agree to an extent that that is the science. But I also think that that might be for people who are eating a ton of protein, like that's all they eat. And to me, if that was all I ate, then I couldn't eat vegetables, and I'd probably be malnourished in other ways. So it's like, no, like, I, I found the right balance of protein to still getting in the nutrients from vegetables. And then at that point, I'm pretty full that I can't add in a bunch of carbs and things like that, because, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm eating that much protein, then, you know, my body can't eat that much. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like, but the funny thing about it is like, you mentioned earlier, like somebody said, Oh, you must be following a carnivore diet. Well, you know, a carnivore diet is people who only eat animal products. So they're actually avoiding all plants, but these people legit are probably consuming 200 grams of protein a day. And guess what? They're still in ketosis. Mm -hmm. Like, so how does that make any sense? So that's for me, that's where it kind of like gets debunked, but also like every person is individualized. So one of the best things I think that you can do is if you're trying to get into ketosis, one thing that I love about this, if you're a data driven person, or if you're a perfectionist who likes to make sure that you're doing everything right, you can actually test your body to see if you're in ketosis. Mm -hmm. Did you ever utilize um, keto
1: testing while you were following low carb? What did you like to do? I had just those little like urine strips or whatever. Um, I honestly, I didn't do them super often. I would do it more like if I had a bad weekend or something, then I would eat healthy for about like a day. And then by Tuesday, I would, you know, see if I was in it. And usually I was like, for me, my body went, you know, maybe because I was on it for so long, uh, my body jumps back in pretty quickly. So I don't have to really, you know, it doesn't necessarily take me 72 hours to jump back in. Um, it usually right. takes about 24 to 48 hours for me. And then once yep. I saw I was in, I was like, okay, cool. And then I I didn't really test it too much anymore because I knew if I was still eating healthy, I was probably in it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes if I was going through a stall, because like there was times I stalled for like a month where like I didn't yep. lose any weight. And so I would check it and I was always still in ketosis and, you know, my body felt okay. And I was like, well, obviously my body's just hanging on to the weight. It's Okay like I'm having that whoosh effect, it'll happen, like, just give it some time. And like, I just, you know, I get frustrated, but I always knew I'm like, I am not consuming extra calories. So I know I'm not gaining weight. And there's, you know, no way I'm not losing. So I just got to give it time. And then, you know, all of a sudden, I get on the scale, and I had lost five pounds, you know, in a night. And I know it's just because I was losing, it's just my body was like, inflamed, and it was hanging onto the water. So, you know, it's just trust the process, you know, it'll happen. Oh, gosh, I'm so glad that you mentioned that, because
0: that was going to be one of my questions for you. It's like, obviously, losing 130 pounds on keto, that takes time. You said 15 months. So I'm sure mm-hmm. that there were times when like, um, you know, some people do lose weight steadily, like every week they step on the scale, and they're down another two to three pounds, like, like clockwork. But, you know, I find that most people fluctuate a lot, and that there are a lot of times when you are not seeing progress on the scale. I'm curious about your relationship with the scale. How often did you weigh in?
1: Um, I would say when I was losing weight, probably one to two times a week, nothing crazy, um, but just kind of to see for at the beginning it was almost daily but mostly because i was learning what my body liked and what it didn't and i could tell right away with carbs that my body was like holding on to water a lot and so at the very beginning i was on it every day so i could kind of see the changes and that's how i kind of figured out the whole that bacon was you know making me go down i was like okay what's up with this um but i would say yeah about a week or two um You know once a week or so and then as i got closer and closer then you know sometimes i would check more because i was like oh i'm so close like i gotta be getting there but um you know it was not it was not just a steady down like i have some people i've talked to that are like oh yeah like i go down 0.2 and then it's 0.4 and i was like no i was like up one and then down two and then Mm -hmm. up like i was constantly like this and so you know it was that mental battle of like breathe. You did not gain weight, okay? Like yep. t- I always had to remind myself that like one pound is like thirty five hundred calories. So I'd always yes. remind myself like, girl, you did not eat an extra thirty five hundred calories. It you're not really okay. up. It's water. Like and and okay. I still have to remind like my boyfriend that sometimes because he'll be like, I'm up five pounds. I'm like, you did not eat like. Thirty thousand calories like you you know calm down you didn't you're fine just it's water give it a couple days and then of course he'll lose five pounds in two days and i'm like see like you know you didn't actually lose that like it's water like it's okay um but that's kind of the science of it too that i have to remind myself Mm -hmm. of like okay brie like you know losing weight is math in a sense so like you got if you look at the math you can see like you know it if you keep eating in that calorie deficit, your body will go down. But I also knew Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do anything too crazy. Like I was like, I'm not going to eat 800 calories a day or something crazy like that. Like I I knew that, you know, by doing what I was doing, I should lose about one pound a week, sometimes two. And sometimes, you know, I I felt like I was a slow loser, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like people on keto would be like, I lost 15 pounds this month. And I'd be like, I lost six. And then the next yeah. month they'd lose a bunch. And I'd be like, I lost four. But I just kept reminding myself, like, hey, if you're going down, whatever. Like, you know, yeah. it's fine. As long as I'm still going down, I'm not going to get frustrated that this is taking me a while. Like, I'm just going to, yeah. you know, power through and not give up. And that's kind of the main thing. So, like, I was definitely yeah. one of the slowest losers of, like, people on Facebook that, like, I was in groups with and stuff. Like, I was not very quick on it. But, you know, I just yeah. had to not try and get too frustrated with it and, you know, stick with it. It's so true. I mean, we can get frustrated
0: if we compare our journey to somebody else's. But the, the point is that you knew where you wanted to get and that you weren't going to give up until you got there, however long it took. And so yeah. that's amazing. Um, so what were some of your favorite resources on your keto journey? Did you have any favorite blogs or websites or books or recipe creators or anything?
1: Um, you know, just Pinterest in general was where I searched mm-hmm. for recipes and would try a lot of them. I did get some cookbooks, but I realized that hard copy books were just not really my thing. Like I could look at them, but I really, I really enjoyed having like everything virtual. Um, yeah. So that was better for me to just like pin the pin the recipe and go back when I needed it. And then also just Facebook groups that really helped too. Just being in those groups and seeing people's you know like weight loss journey and kind of you know their tips and tricks, what worked for them. Oh, look at this new product, like you know just things like that. Seeing people's hauls. And I just recently kind of started watching people on Instagram in the last maybe two years, um, following some different people who have done keto and who have done low carb and just kind of following them and like seeing yeah. their food hauls, which is kind of what inspired me to do it. Because I was like, well, I mean, everyone else is doing it. And, you know, obviously like I took inspiration from them and watching their journey. So like, if there's any chance I could inspire someone else, like I, I really should, you know, try it and see if I can help other people, you know, and, yeah whatever i can do like i'm not and it's funny because i've had people reach out and they'll be like are you selling anything are you selling anything and i was like no i'm just here to inspire like i'm not i wasn't really going on it to try and like make a bunch of money or anything like i just i was just trying to inspire people and show them i'm like i'm just just a teacher here just trying to show people like i'm a regular person i'm i'm not special i i don't know anything different than you do like i'm not a special person but and if i could do it so can you like i'm just hoping people can see like I'm just a normal person and I was able to do it. Yeah. That's so
0: cool. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. And like you say that with such humility, but also like it really does make it feel accessible for anybody that might be tuning in right now. So like, If you could give any advice to people who are like about to do day one of keto, and maybe they do have a significant amount of weight to lose, like maybe they do want to lose over 100 pounds like you did, like what kind of advice would you give to them? Like things that they really need to keep top of mind, like, hey, you're probably going to come up against this. Like, here's my advice for you. Like, what would you like to share?
1: I would say... Two things. So number one, have small goals. Cause like the big goal of over a hundred pounds is like lofty and it's going to take you probably a year, maybe more. So like, it's kind of scary to think about that, but also kind of cool to think like, Oh my gosh, in a year from today, I could look completely different. Like how cool is that? But Um, I would say keep small goals, like your first goal of just losing like 10 pounds and see if there's something you can do for yourself. Like I really did make those like goals of like, when I lost, every time I lost like 20 pounds, I would do something like I get a pedicure or I'd go buy some new makeup or like things like that, just to kind of like spur myself on and kind of treat myself. Um, especially Mm -hmm. to like, the more you lose, you might need new clothes and you might want to wear makeup now because your confidence has gone up. So it's kind of fun to inspire you as you go. And then- The second thing I would say is just really fill your mind with like-minded people and things that really help you. Like for me, it was always, you know, before I went to bed at night, I would always play on my phone. I'd look through the people's Instagrams. I was looking through Mm -hmm. Pinterest. Like I really just tried to like put myself in that mindset every single day. And that's what really helped was kind of being in that community and making sure that I was doing it every day. Cause if I kind of, you know, was really busy that day and I wasn't really like seeing everyone else's progress, then I might kind of slip. But if I could really, keep myself in that community, be talking to people, be looking at Facebook posts, be looking at recipes, and really just keep my mind on it. I felt like that's what helped me kind of just stay on it and not lose, you know, motivation and not lose that consistency factor. So just really staying in it and knowing it's a community and people are there to help you. So like, you know, anyone can message me. I mean, I I can try and give you ideas and obviously message you and like be able to just talk to people because sometimes just asking some questions and, you know, keeping it fresh on your mind is what will help keep you um, steady and consistent.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that wisdom. And like what you're saying is like totally like backed up by science. Like anybody who's like a habit expert, like they'll tell you like set small achievable goals and then reward yourself because whatever you reward, you repeat. Your brain loves the dopamine hit of getting rewarded. And I love how you gave some really good examples of like non-food related rewards because a lot of times I'll be talking to my clients and I'll say, what can you do to celebrate? And they're like, well, normally I just celebrate with food. So I don't know. Like, and I'm like, I'm trying to like, well, what do you like doing? You know, some people like pedicure, some people don't, you know, like, but whatever it is that you like, you would actually find rewarding go ahead and do that because Mm -hmm. yeah we tend to think like no i have to keep pushing myself hard and i'm nowhere near close to where i want to be 10 pounds is nothing when i have 100 pounds to lose but like no truly like it if you if you feel rewarded that's what's actually going to keep inspiring you to keep going and then the other thing that you talked about like um staying engaged in the community like really, you're probably getting two benefits out of that, that like habit experts will say, like, it's really important to attach this to your identity. And so when you find yourself a part of a tribe of people Mm -hmm. that is contributing to like, no, this is my identity now. Like, um, not that that's all you are, not like in an unhealthy way, like, oh, I'm a low carb person, and you're a non low carb person. So get out of my life. Not like that. But like, it is really encouraging to surround yourself with people who are on the same journey as you and to find, find your tribe, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then also like looking at other people's success stories and like constantly keeping that front of mind or looking up new recipes, fun things to do, like that is keeping your vision of your future self in the front of your mind. And like a lot of times people will say like, oh man, I don't feel motivated. I, I don't know what happened to my motivation. Like I heard somebody say once like motivation is pushing yourself to do something. But inspiration is feeling pulled toward Mm -hmm. your goal. And like, I love that. That really, really stuck with me. So like, it sounds like you kept your inspiration constantly Mm -hmm. fueled by looking at other people's success stories and believing that that could be you too. And like, if you do that and you keep your future vision, like even if you're just journaling, you don't want to look at other people, just like write out in your journal, like what you're dreaming of your life to be like and what this means to you and what you're really going towards. Like that's going to keep you pulled in the direction um, of your dreams instead of like feeling like you have to constantly push yourself in this uphill battle. You yep. so, know, yeah, this is so good, Brie. Thank you so much for sharing. And, oh. um, so I know that you're here on Instagram, obviously for people tuning in, but for people on the podcast, where can people follow you on Instagram? And then also, are you anywhere else on social media or do you have like a web presence where people can follow along?
1: Uh, no, just Instagram right now. Cause it's okay. still pretty new for me. So it's at Brie underscore Hershey, like the candy bar. Mm-hmm. Um, So you can find me on there. That's kind of where I've been posting, Um, trying to post a couple times a week. And then of course, stories almost every day as I'm maintenance. Um, And obviously, it's going to kind of go back into like weight loss mode now, just because I am trying to lose back that like 15 pounds, I let myself fluctuate up. So i um, hoping to do that in January. So that's kind of my next mission. And then actually I'm kind of hoping to maybe put on some muscle. Um, and so that'll be kind of interesting transitioning into that soon, especially to, cause from what I've heard, it's less about like calorie deficit. It's more about adding carbs in to fuel your muscle. So that'll be kind of a new thing of like, okay, where is that like range to do? So that's going to be kind of my new journey of figuring out how to do muscle. Um, to be able to just get stronger and all that good stuff but yeah so feel free to hang out with me on Instagram I'm always there um yeah I don't really have anything else I I don't have like really any other kind of webpage or podcast um I just started posting uh end of September so I've only really been doing this for about three months kind of posting Uh things it's yeah so it's all new to me I'm just kind of going with it and seeing what comes of it I guess yeah, that's
0: so cool. I'm so glad that we were able to connect and, um, you know, for you to be able to share your story. And thank you so much for inspiring others and just being out there like you're just trying to help people for free. I'm sure if people have any questions, they can send you a DM, right? Like yeah, if you want, you know, I'm sure they could pick your brain. Um, so just as we wrap it up, um, I just wanted to share a couple of free resources with people for anybody that is just getting started on the journey. I have a free keto kickstart PDF on my website. It's the ketofit.com slash free guide. And it's got a keto grocery shopping list to get you started. It's got 47 free recipes. So if you want to check that out. And then also um, this Instagram live is going to be aired later on my podcast, the self-care keto podcast. So wherever you listen to podcasts, just search self-care keto and you'll be able to replay this episode and listen to it later if you want to play it again, or if you want to share it with family or friends who weren't able to tune into this live. So spread the good word about Brie's story and make sure that you connect with her on Instagram. Brie, I hope that you have an amazing rest of your Christmas break as you're getting ready to go back to all of your um, incredibly fun uh, high school students starting in January. Yep. So yeah. Thank you again so much and happy new year to you. Yeah. Happy new year to you. Thanks guys for hanging okay. out with us. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.